preacher, sometimes, most of the time actually, the world is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift that just keeps on giving. And this last week has been no different. And I'm not talking about the gift of magnolias curving into the sky and blossom dotting pink into blue and the yellow thrust of daffodil out of the deep earth. Although, of course, this is all gift. But I was thinking more about the gift that comes wrapped as challenge, that comes wrapped as despair, maybe the gift that comes wrapped as shock. I I had been wondering about how Paul's letter to the Romans could possibly speak to us today, given that it was written in the winter of 57 AD, and here we are in the first weeks of spring 2017. And just as I was wondering, Peter Dutton decided to take all income support and accommodation away from up to 370 men, women and children who came to our shores seeking safety. Of these 370, more than 116 are children, more than 50 are babies born in Australia. And they are largely Iranians, Syrians, Afghanis from a minority background and Burmese from the persecuted minority group Rohingya who are currently being massacred in their hundreds and of course the Sri Lankan Tamils. They were all detained on Manus and Nauru after arriving by boat and then they all came to Australia for medical treatment after suffering from illness and violence, including rape, on Manus and Nauru. And while they have been here, they have not been allowed to study or to work and now they have been given three weeks to become completely independent or to go back. Go back to where you came from. And into this extraordinary theatrics, this extraordinary cruelty, Paul spoke. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. So, Dutton gave us part of our reflection. And then, of course, there was this. Hello? Oh, hi. Hi, Um, it's me. I wanted to ask what you thought about this whole, you know, same-sex marriage vote. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just as a Christian... I suppose that I meant to vote no, you know, because of what it says in the Bible and... Mm-hmm. Paul, can you help me out here? Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. I mean, you know, all those those bits about sex and, and you know... Mm-hmm. Like I said... The world can be a gift that just keeps on giving. Oh, oh, what, what was that, Paul? Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought of what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Oh, right, right. Okay, well, that's, that's clear then. So how come, 
as Eureka Street writer Rowan Salmon asks, how come, as soon as the postal vote was announced, how come, right on cue, self-appointed Christian spokespeople jumped out of the gate with everything LGBTI Australians knew they would? Conflating gay sex with bestiality, calling children raised by same-sex parents a new stolen generation and comparing the Yes campaign to Nazis. Mm. How come? Salmon goes on to say, for queer Christians like me, well, this campaign is an especially difficult cross to bear. Our extended LGBTI family is asking why Christians are championing such a pointed attack on queer people and I don't have an acceptable answer. And, and what kind of cruel God, my friends are asking me, what kind of cruel God must these people follow to do this to us? And then they say to me, why? What, why would you, a gay man, follow that God? Now, polls since 2011 show consistently that the majority of Christians have tended to support civil same-sex marriage. Well, yay us. Look at that, letting a little bit of love in. But it is also true that the majority of Christians have evacuated the public discourse on not just this issue, but on a range of other questions. We have abandoned the public square leaving room for the cowboys and the Catholic bishops and the Christian lobbyists to hijack the gospel in order to prosecute their own political agenda. So, here's a question. Have you, have you told anyone lately that you are Christian? Have you hung out in the public square saying yes with Jesus or have you just decided that it's all too hard? Hello? Hi, it, it's me. Um, look, I, I just wanted to ask you what you thought about this whole same-sex marriage vote. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you know, because it's just, as a Christian, I mean, I, I suppose that I'm, I'm meant to vote no, yeah? Because, you know, what it says in the Bible, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another. Do you mean that Bible? I mean, to be honest, I'm not that big on going text to text with folk who believe that the Bible is the literal word of God, partly because I don't know heaps of the Bible by heart and partly because I don't believe that it is the literal word. I do believe that it is the living word of God, meaning that there is life to be found within it, life in abundance. But I also see it as song and story and metaphor and law and history written by particular people in particular contexts and spaces and places. And that if we do our theology from below rather than from above, then we can discover the story as a medium a medium of the divine human exchange, rather than as a set of literal, unchangeable truths. Wolfgang Pannenberg, who has been called one of the greatest theologians of the second half of the 20th century, and who was a leading defender of the theology from below movement, awoke us to the possibility of exploring our spiritual intuitions and, and feelings about God and spirit and using those insights to construct our theology which doesn't mean that we can't also be open to the movement of the spirit guiding us from above and around. But it does mean that we don't have to be bound to a text that is not always life-giving and not always kind. 
And you know what? He's sometimes just racist and violent and sexist and full of jealous, frightened rage. The Christian church has been on quite a journey for some time. In the words of the Anglican priest, the very Reverend Dr. Peter Catt, the churches have been looking at the traditional teachings, reanalyzing biblical texts and heeding the offerings of science. And more and more Christians understand that our sexuality is genetically determined. It's emergent around the time of puberty, sometimes before it's unbidden, it's stable across a lifespan and it's unable to be changed. And we understand that the expression of love is an essential and powerful human emotion that we all have. Christian theology and practice increasingly understands that LGBTI people need to be included, must be included and loved and accepted as much as anybody else. And there is also a deepening acknowledgement of the profound hurt that the church has caused LGBTI people over the centuries. And Jesus himself could not have been clearer when he sidestepped all the religious rules and stated unequivocally that the greatest commandment of all is to love God. And the second, it's to love your neighbour. One of the, um, the mums at my school, a woman in a committed same-sex relationship of over 20 years, a beautiful, passionate mum with two children, stood by me at the monkey bars last week and she wept. She wept with a story of a friend's eight-year-old daughter at a less progressive inner-city state school than ours who was told that her mummies were sick and that they were going to go to hell. This little girl was told this by an irate and empowered father. My friend also wept about the letterboxing, the letterboxing out in Ringwood by a local church outlining all the reasons the Bible tells us to vote no. And I wept too. And I said, I am so sorry. I am so sorry and please, please tell your friends. I know, I know they won't want this, but please tell them I will come over as a minister and I will sit with their little girl and I will tell them that her mummies are as much a part of God's family as anyone else's. Sometimes the world gives us a gift. The gift that we are given right now in this world of diminishment is pretty clear. Can you tell us again, Paul? Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another. Love one another with mutual affection and outdo one another in showing